Life was bitter to the core There was nothing to live for Until love came My name is Harold J. Perkins And at the age of 17 I was selling drugs And on my way to an early grave While sitting in my house with about 10 guys God gave me an out-of-body experience And I was lifted above the room I could see everything moving in slow motion After that I got up and put those guys out And I cried out to Jesus Christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and I'm here to tell you there is another door that you can walk into after walking out of the door of religion. And it's a door of much more where you can see and and know that you are loved by a God that loves you unconditionally, uh, the one who created you with purpose in mind. If God saw worth in me to come into the environment that I was in, You can know he sees worth in you no matter where you are today, no matter what you have done. Religion has given my God a bad rap. He is love. Let me say up front uh, in this first episode that there will be no judgmental and condemning words coming from here. Uh, My assignment from Isaiah comes from Isaiah. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Let them know that their warfare has already been accomplished. Jesus has already won for you and freed you from condemnation forever. But if you're satisfied with uh, having a form of godliness with no power, then this podcast is not for you. But if you want to experience the resurrection power of Christ and you're willing to learn how to release it, get ready to be empowered. God took me from that uh, smoke-infested room to playing eight years of professional baseball before having a career-ending injury. He enabled me to raise five children. Four of them have college degrees now. They never saw that guy was in that room. They saw me seeking God every day at every ball game and school program and so forth. They saw God do the miraculous in our lives from supernatural healings and financial blessings in spite of running into religion. But if I if I knew then what I know now, I would have seen so much more and I will see much more in the days ahead. But my passion is to reach the younger generation with the knowledge of Christ that will enable them to turn this world upside down in their area of gifting. God sent nobody to earth without a gift and purpose. Jesus said to go into all of the world. And as you go, he does miracles in your life and the unbelievers around you will see them and they will want to know your God because they see him at work in you. I saw God show his power in professional baseball in different businesses that I was in over the years and unbelievers became believers. But the power of God that is about to be shown on earth in this day will be like no other day before. And you and I are alive today to be a part of it. Don't be deceived by the darkness that's in the world today. 
in Joel chapter two and also in Isaiah chapter 60 verses one through five, it says that darkness and gross darkness will be in the world as we're seeing today. But it also says in those verses that God will raise up his people and he'll put a glory upon his people and his glory would be seen on his people. And one of the first things he's going to do is transfer wealth to his people. Some of you are already experiencing that. Now, the key to this much more glory of God that gives us the ability to do much more, it began to be revealed to me about 11 years ago. The Lord had shown me about 11 years ago, uh, actually a few years before that, he had showed me how to build a system of life insurance agents. Within three years, I went from profiting for myself over $100,000 in my pocket the first year. Second year was over $200,000. And then the third year, it was over $400,000. And because he gave me a system, by the third year, all I had to do was manage what was built. So I had a lot of time on my hands. And I used that time to spend more time with the Lord. And he began to show me things in the Bible that I had never seen before. Actually, some of these things I'd never heard a preacher say, what he had shown me. And at that time, I had been listening to preachers for over 30 years. And one day, uh, he had me to begin reading the book of Hebrews. And he said to me, uh, I want you to focus on this word perfection. And I read from chapter 6 through chapter 10. And what he was saying to me, I could hardly believe it. Now, I was not a novice at this, at this point. I had been studying the Bible at this point for over 30 years, spending daily about an hour and a half in the, in the morning, just about every morning. So I'm like, Lord, you have to confirm this. So the very next morning, he had me turn on a televised Christian program. And almost word for word, the minister said what God had shown me the day before from the same chapters. What God has been ministering to me over 11 years now is that what he has shown me and what he has revealed to me lets me see and know mainstream Christianity is far away from where it should be. And a revolution is about to happen. And it will be with a young generation like Jesus and his disciples. Don't forget, Jesus was 30 years old when he started his ministry. And most of his disciples were around his age and younger. There is an older group that will move with God in what he's releasing in this day. But most will not because they have already been religitized. If there is such a word, you know what I mean? They like their old-fashioned religion. Now, what I'm going to be revealing in the episodes ahead is what Satan has used to keep people from coming to Christ Jesus. It's one of the number one things he's done. And those who already know him from moving with consistent growth and releasing God's power in their life. And it's in not understanding God's righteousness and what it really, really is. Not man's righteousness, but God's righteousness. Satan has gotten people focused on what they do and don't do so much that they miss what God has already done for them. God's righteousness has nothing to do with what you do. It has to do with what you believe he has already done for you. God's righteousness is a place, which is it's a royal place of authority and entitlement. Remember, Jesus is king of kings. So if you're in Christ, you are the king that he is king over. Now, I know some people will have a little problem with me using this word entitlement, but the entitlement is because of what Jesus has done for us. 
he has made us entitled. Remember, we're joint heirs with him. So it is all his doing. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go to scripture, uh, a few scriptures to set a foundation in this first episode. And it's important that you understand that God does nothing apart from his written word. If 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 it's not in his word and you can't find it and you're hearing a voice and it doesn't line up with the word, then it wasn't God. That was a demon. So what God has done is he's given us his word to uh, to have an, a, a roadmap to understand when he's talking to us. Now, I'm going to begin reading here at some scriptures that are going to be important for you to to really grasp this, to to understand who you are and what's available to you. I'm going to start reading at a, at a verse uh, in Romans chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 is where I'm going to start. And you probably don't hear these. If you, if you go to church, you probably do not hear these verses very much. Here's what, the, what it says in Romans 3.19. It says, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Notice that it said that all the world may become guilty before God. Then that means the preacher, that means the prophet, that means the priest, that means me. He said it was given to show all were short. Verse 20 goes on to say, therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified, or we could say declared righteous in this sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So here's what God did. The law was to set the standard. So God set a standard that he knew no man could keep because of our fallen nature. Our fallen nature and position was a result of the first man, Adam. He disobeyed God and God's nature in his spirit left. And what came into his nature at that point was a sin nature. And every man and woman after him would have that same sin nature. Now, God had a plan to get his creation back to his nature. So he set the law up knowing that we could not keep it because the standard of the law was this. If you miss one point of the law, it was in God's eyes as if you missed everything. To bring it closer to home and help you to understand it a little better, let's say that two people were given a test. One person got his 100-question test. And one person got 99 out of 100 questions correct. The other person only got one out of 100 questions right. So they missed 99. Well, in God's eyes, both of them failed the test. Okay? That's was that's what the standard of the law was. It was to be able to show them that they needed a savior because they couldn't do it. Okay? Now, also under the law, what God did was he set up a yearly sacrifice of a lamb. If the priest went and sacrificed the lamb and he came out okay, meaning he didn't have any sin, he, he didn't die, the sacrifice went, all the people were excited and they were shouting. And the reason they, they were is because they knew that because of that lamb, every sin or wrongdoing that they did for that entire year would be as if they didn't do it. The blood covered him from the lamb, and so God will continue to bless him. Now, what that was, and this is all important for you to understand righteousness, it was a picture of what God would do with his son, Jesus Christ. 
he would become the lamb that would be killed in place of the lamb under the law, but his blood would not cleanse and forgive us for a year, those who believe, but his blood would cleanse us for all eternity. That's why he sat down after he went to, the, to heaven. He went and gave his blood to the Father, and he sat down. Why? Because he equipped us. He armed us, and the church has been asleep, doesn't know who they really are. The scriptures that I'm about to read now are going to say what I just said. Look at verse, I'm at verse 21, same chapter 3, Romans 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. We could say it this way, but now the righteousness of God without do's and don't do's, because the law had to do with what you do and don't do. So we could say it this way, but now the righteousness of God without do's and don't do's is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Notice what it says. It says it's extended. This righteousness by the faith of Jesus Christ is extended to the whole world. But this righteousness is up only upon those that believe what Jesus actually did on their behalf. And at that point, they are now made righteous. Notice, notice the end says there is no difference. So here's what you need to understand, that if you are in Christ, you're no different than a preacher. You're no different than a priest. You're no different than me. There, there is a level plan of field in Christ. We have all fall short. And the only reason we are anything is because we are in Christ. That's the blessed place that we are in. Now, the next verse that I'm going to read, you hear this one a lot in church, but you hear it solo. You hear it by itself. It says, for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. And it, when you take it out and just read it by itself, it's, it's, it's condemning. But let's read the next verse because it's this is one of the most liberating passages when you understand it. Look at the next verse. It says, being justified freely. Now, how do, how do you miss freely? In other words, it's a gift. Being declared righteous, we could say, freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ. Jesus, the place that we've been placed in, whom God has set forth to be a proposition through faith in his blood. See, it was his blood that justified us. It's his blood that made us righteous. It's not what you do or don't do that makes you righteous. So you need to understand that so you don't go in and out of your relationship with God, thinking that one day you got it good, next day it's not so good because you don't feel so great because you did this, you cursed this person out, or you did this and that. Well, you know, it's not a good thing that maybe what you did, but you didn't lose your place with God because it was not based on what you did or don't didn't do. OK, so it says whom God has set forth to be a proposition through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare. I say at time at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Where is boasting then, if he's saying, where is boasting then? Why is he saying that? Because it had nothing to do with what you did or didn't do. So you cannot stick your chest out. And so as a result of that, if you fully understand that, then you don't fall into condemnation now because you understand that Jesus made you righteous and God has already forgiven you. 
Okay. And his mercy and grace is there available to help you to be able to overcome some of the things that you know you need to get out of your life. But in the meantime, you can continue with your relationship with him, not allowing the devil to push you away because you you feel so bad. I think it's important that I share this experience with you. Uh, this would happen probably, and I didn't even understand all this stuff I understand right now, but this was probably over 20 years ago that this experience happened. I was in the presence of God and I had done something that I knew I shouldn't have done. I don't even remember what it was. I knew it was nothing major uh, or anything like that, but I knew it was wrong. And I was sitting in God's presence feeling guilty. And I heard God speak to me in a tone I had never heard him speak to me before. And he was kind of, it was an angry tone. And here's what he said. He said, you're not in my presence because of what you did and didn't do. You're in my presence because of what my son did for you. And I started weeping. Uh, I just really started weeping. It was it was until recently, these last 11 years that I fully understand, understand now what he meant when he said that to me. What he was saying is your what you do and don't do had nothing to do with your place with me. My, my son is the reason that you have a good place with me. And because of what he did and the, and we hear this all the time in church, don't we? The blood never loses his power. Well, if the blood never loses his power. It was the blood that cleansed us and made us free. So if now all of a sudden I can do something to make me not free and not right with God, then his blood has lost his power. And we know that's not the case. Let's go over to Romans chapter five. And I'm going to read now at verse 17. God gave us this word so we don't have to follow another man or a preacher or a teacher. The, uh, as we go into these, uh, episodes, I'm going to show you who the one supposed that you're supposed to be following. The preacher is a voice and an added voice for you to enable you to learn. He's taking the time. He's, he should, you know, most preachers that are, are in full-time ministry, they got time to seek God that you don't have. And so you get the benefit from what they're able to, to, to learn. But that doesn't mean that you don't have the time. You, you don't have opportunity to seek God for yourself. And besides, the preacher is not with you 24-7, but there's somebody who is with you 24-7, and he is the Holy Spirit. If you come to know Christ, he is with you all the time. And I have come to realize and understand that way back when I was 17 years old, still had all kind of issues and all kind of things happening in my life, he was speaking to me because I was listening. I got into this thing, and here's what my my decision was at 17 years old. I said, God, I'm not going to believe that you did all these miracles back in the Old Testament and Red Sea open and all these other things and not see you move and do things in my life today. I, you know, my attitude was if this thing don't work, I just might as well bust hell wide open. OK, all right. I'm not going to follow uh, something just because and, and if it's not working and I've seen it work. OK, I've seen God do a whole lot of things that only he could do. But in, anyway, Romans chapter five, verse 17. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, and that one is Adam, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Notice that it says it's the gift of righteousness. Now, how do you misunderstand that? It's a free gift. That means God has put you in a right place with him and you never lose it. 
And the abundance of grace is also, notice it says through the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace that you're going to reign. Now, grace, and that's another another story another for another episode somewhere down the line. I will clarify that, but I'll give you a little taste. Abundance of grace. Well, 1 Peter chapter 5 says that God gives grace to the humble. And what I have come to understand is that the more that you humble yourself, the greater degree that you allow God to take you into humility, the more grace that you're going to see. And grace is not just unmerited favor. It's also an empowerment. Remember, uh, if you, those of you that are familiar with the scripture, God told Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Okay. Well, if it's sufficient for him, then that means that there's some empowerment that's available. That's also for a later episode. Let's focus again on this righteousness. So righteousness is a gift. It's a place we are given in Christ. Uh, I'll show you also in upcoming episodes, the authority that comes with this gift. When I played professional baseball one year in Mexico, I consistently took authority over the reign so we could play the game. And that year I led the entire league in total at bats. And the reason I did, because we played more games than any other team in the league. And I was a leadoff hitter and I wouldn't let it rain. I commanded the rain to go around the ballpark and on a consistent basis, I saw it happen. So if you understand this place, you will not fall into the trap of the enemy. And as I want his condemnation, thinking that you lost your place because of what you did or didn't do. The other, and there's a lot of people in Christianity in this place, self-righteousness, thinking that you're right with God because you pay your tithes, because you go to church, because you don't curse. Now, that's all good. But if you're in that place, it's going to nullify your faith because now you're not basing it. Your faith is not in the blood of Jesus Christ. Your, your faith is in what you're doing and what you're not doing. And our faith is to be in what Jesus has already done for us. And faith is needed to receive what God has already done and made available. I'll share one other passage of scripture with you in this episode to put you in a place of expectancy of what God is about to release on earth through those who will understand their place of righteousness. I'm going to go over to second Corinthians chapter three, and I'm going to begin reading at verse seven. And here's what it says. But if the ministration of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Now understand the ministration of death, which was written and engraved on stone is talking about the law. Okay. Now verse eight, how shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious for if the ministration of condemnation be glory again, talking about the law much more notice, notice that term much more do the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Now you need to understand what's being said here. What was written on stone, as I said, was the law It's called the ministration of death and condemnation. We don't hear that much, do we in, in, in church? And it was, it was glorious because of all the miracles that were done by Moses in Egypt with the Red Sea opening, 
all these different miracles that you read about in the Old Testament. But I want you to hear what it says. But it said the ministration of righteousness is much more. Can you see what this is saying? Greater than what was done under the law will be done under this righteousness that was given to us by Jesus Christ. God will do greater under the time of his son, Jesus, than he did under the law of Moses. Jesus himself said, greater works than these shall we do because he's going unto the Father. So that means that we're going to be in a position to do greater works. We saw the book of Acts where they did works and they did miracles and so forth. Well, what's about to hit the earth is going to make the book of Acts seem pretty pale. It's going to happen, folks. It's already written. Joel was written. If you read in the, even in the book of Daniel, I'll cover this later on in some other episodes too, where he said that the Lord would set up a kingdom and that it would break in pieces all the other kingdoms upon the earth. Well, that hasn't happened yet. So that means that that has to happen before Jesus comes back. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you get to know him right now. Say this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. That's it. It's that simple. If you mean what you just prayed, start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself to you. All right. We'll see you on the next episode. I was just